Welcome to Believe with Becky. This is the podcast where we practice the skill of confidence, celebrate individual strengths, and believe in your limitless potential for growth. I'm your host, Becky Smith. Hello, it's Thanksgiving week, and I just wanted to share my gratitude for you listening to this podcast. And in honor of Thanksgiving, I would love it if you would be gracious enough to leave me a review. I would so appreciate it. And also subscribe to the podcast and tell someone about it. And let's get the word out. Thank you again so much for listening. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today I have a special guest, Angie Stebinger. Now me and Angie met at Be Bold Masters and we, we were talking, just chatting at dinner one night and come to find out that we have a little more in common than we thought. My college roommate was her mission companion. And then the small town where she lives in Mexico, um, she knows someone who was my husband's mission companion. So it's pretty strange how it's a small world. And um, she is doing some great things right now that I am excited to talk about. And so I want to welcome Angie to the podcast. Welcome, Angie. Thanks, Becky. It's fun to be here. So I wanted you to introduce yourself. Tell us whatever you want about yourself. Okay, let's see. Well, obviously, first off, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That goes without saying, since you mentioned I served a mission. Um, And I am married. I have five awesome kids. Our family has done a lot of moving over the years, so we've lived in several different states in the United States, and now our most recent move was to Mexico. So that's where I live, and I just live a pretty busy life keeping up with five kids and all of their activities. They love sports and music and all kinds of things, so we're just, I'm just a mother of five on the go, but as my sort of passion or hobby, I really am passionate about preparing missionaries, helping missionaries to prepare mentally and emotionally emotionally for their missions. Okay. Now, so where did that passion come from for you? You know, I served my mission in Spain in the Bilbao mission years ago. I'm not going to tell you how many years ago, (laughs) 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 but um, it was a really challenging mission. At the time, it was the second lowest baptizing mission in the world. It was second only to the um, Rome, Italy mission where the Pope is in the Vatican. (laughs) So um, at the time, the church had only been in Spain for about 30 years And there was only one chapel and one ward in our entire mission. So the work was really slow going and it was challenging. It was a real challenge for us. In fact, it wasn't completely uncommon for um, missionaries to go home from their missions without having baptized a single person. So as you can imagine, it was hard for us to maintain a sense of self-worth and accomplishment. Fruits of our labors were so few and far between. So for me, my mission was much more of a sort of emotionally 
and mentally challenging experience rather than maybe other missions are more physically challenging and, and challenged in different ways. But for me, it was very, very much an emotional challenge. So I just knew that the skills and tools that I have learned um, would benefit these kids so much for those challenges they, that they face on their missions. Yeah. And the tools you're referring to are through life coaching, right? Yes. 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 And how did you find life coaching and how did you, how did that come about? Um, you know, well, uh, we mentioned that I live in Mexico and I, my family and I, we moved here a few years ago and this was a move for my children and my husband to a foreign country. I'd grown up here, but for my children and my husband, it was a foreign country and, um, none of my children spoke Spanish, which you can imagine is not an easy transition. The culture, the language, the new schools, all of it. Um, my husband was took a complete career change. And so he was learning a new career and there was just a lot going on in our lives, this adapting to such a big change in our lives. And I really, even though what's funny is I had always wanted this, I had always wanted this, but even though it's something I'd always wanted, it wasn't quite panning out the way I had envisioned it in my mind. And I just found myself feeling really unhappy. I, I, yeah, I just felt really discouraged. I felt very unhappy. And even though I was trying to see the good, I was trying to, you know, look for all the ways that this could be a blessing and take the lemons and make lemonade, right? Yeah. When life gives all the you cliches, lemons, right? make lemonade, right? All of that. I was trying really hard, but I just felt very sad. And I very much was homesick for where we had come from. And so um, one day I was visiting with a friend back, you know, in California where we had moved from. And she said, you know, I really think you should listen to this podcast. I think it would really help you. And of course, as you know, it was Jody Moore's podcast, Better Than Happy. And so I did. I started listening. And yes, I mean, the rest is history. It did really, really help me. And of course, I joined her program and ended up at Be Bold Masters where I met you. And all of it was just completely life changing for me. Okay. That leads right in, right? And it was all about your thoughts you came to find out because you didn't physically change your circumstances. You still live in Mexico, right? Nope. None of it has changed. It's all just exactly as it was before. The only thing that has changed is the way I choose to think about my circumstances. But it is amazing to me how differently I feel. I feel like I could almost say I live in a new place because I love this place. You know, now that I've chosen, like, intentionally to love this place. Yeah. Yeah, and it's more than just, like, trying to think positive thoughts or all the stuff you were doing before about that make lemonade, you know, like, all, all that. Put on a smile, yeah. right? You know? Yeah. Yeah, fake it till you make it. Well, it just wasn't working for me. No, I really yeah. had to understand how to dig deep and to, to really become aware of what my subconscious thinking was in order to change that thinking and create new results and new um, emotions in my life for myself. Yes, and that goes right back to the whole missionary thing and why you wanted to apply this to missionary work, right? Because we can't control the circumstances of our mission, where we go, the companion we have, the, I mean, so many things, right? Absolutely. Um, how many baptisms there are, we can't control it. But if they had these tools or if you'd had these tools, when you were a missionary, what, what a difference it would have been. Yeah. So why don't you tell me about your program? Tell me the name of it. Tell me what you offer. Tell me, tell me about it. 
It is called the Mindful Missionary Course. It's on mindfulmissionary.com. And the course, really, we have five focuses for the course. The first one is just what we've sort of been talking about, this teaching this model, the step-by-step process for how you can really discover your subconscious thinking and notice where it's creating problems for you in your life. And then, of course, along with that, a process for how to choose intentionally thoughts that will serve you much better. And I think that's the trickiest part, right? You know this. That's the trickiest part because the irony is that what might work for me and resonate for me and create great emotions for me may not work for another person. So finding what works for each person individually is a part of the process that I teach as well in adapting your thinking. Um, And then the second, the second, subject that we address is processing emotions because regardless of how well you manage your thoughts right which is a tricky thing to do and takes practice and skill a mission just has a way of intensifying emotions like the good ones and the bad ones and on your mission you're going to face really really challenging times and so i teach a step-by-step process as well for how to process through those emotions and work through them in a way that helps you process and move through them much more quickly and in a healthier way. And so that's the second focus. The third focus is basically focusing on having healthy relationships, how to deal with difficult people, how to have um, difficult conversations in a way that's constructive. Um, The fourth area that we address is failure, dealing with failure and rejection, Mm. right? And our mindset about rejection and failure all around that. And then the last area is about goal setting and how to set goals effectively and just how to have more fun in the process of achieving those goals. So that's basically in a nutshell what we cover in the program. Which all of that is huge. I can see how that would be so helpful. I didn't serve a mission, but I, you know, I obviously think that's all just helpful to life, but when you apply it. Oh, yeah. To the mission, I can totally see how that would be so helpful. So, yeah. how how is it going? Have you um, do you is how long is is it a course and is it online or yes, it's work? A, yeah, it's a course that they um, enroll for online. So they take okay. these classes that they watch online. They're pre-recorded classes, and then they have access to me as well throughout okay. those. It's meant to be a six-week course. Obviously, um, they can move through the course as quickly or as slowly as they want to. I, I sort of designed it as a six-week course, and I think that's optimal to have time to take in all the information and practice applying it, mm-hmm. but um, they can move through it at whatever rate they, they want to. Okay. So we've already talked that it is for prospective missionaries, mm-hmm. um, but every program is not for every person. So did mm-hmm. you have a certain person in mind, like maybe a certain age? Are you targeting, not targeting, that's not a great word, but are you <laughs> seeking out um, girls? It, it, does it work for girls and boys? Is it like... Yeah. No, you know what? I really, the only thing it's not meant for, the only group I would guess I would say it's not meant for are um, young or teens and young adults who 
aren't sure they want to serve a mission, okay. who have not decided they want to serve a mission, because we very much dive into the fact that there are going to be lots of obstacles and lots of challenges. And we don't, I don't sort of sugarcoat that, you know, I address that it's going to be hard. And there are going to yeah. be a lot of times when you just want to quit and things like that. Um, but anyone essentially any mission, anyone who has decided they want to serve a mission, they have okay. a desire. Now, maybe they're a little bit nervous about going or feeling some anxiety about serving. They're a prime candidate because this is going to give them some, help them gain confidence that they can work through any struggle or challenge that they face on their mission. I also designed it maybe aren't super self-reliant for problem solving. Maybe they haven't lived away from home for very long. Again, the skills and tools that I teach are um, awesome problem solving skills. Yeah. And um, also just teens who may be more dependent on their technology than they want to admit to. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, they might have created a pattern or a habit of sort of distracting from their emotions or challenges in their lives by using just jumping on their technology, jumping on their cell phones. And they have not learned the process of allowing those emotions and working through them. They've sort of just learned to self-soothe through their technology. Yeah, that's another optimal um, group of young adults. And just anyone who maybe te teens or young adults who maybe struggle to get along with people or work closely with people. Um, teens or young adults who feel like are really hard, take rejection and failure really hard, maybe have really high expectations for themselves and set themselves to a really high standard. I feel like they also can struggle because we don't have a lot of control of the outcomes of our mission, like you were saying, you know, yeah. we don't get to control all of our circumstances. And so really any group of missionaries that's decided to serve and has a desire to serve is going to really benefit from the course. Yeah, I would say for sure. So have you um, gone through a couple courses or have you had any success stories or anybody telling you how it affected them in their lives or... Yeah, for sure. You know, I think the one thing that I love to see the most or hear the most is how the, um, when they learn, when these teens and young adults learn that their, um, their feelings are created by their thoughts and not by their circumstances, that right there is just so empowering to them. And it seems like such a small thing, but it really does give them a sense of like, oh, wait, so you mean nothing outside of me has to change in order for me to feel better? Like, I can really just take a look at my thoughts and I can choose to I want to feel about my circumstances without changing it. That is really, I find it really empowers them. And they love that sort of, I guess, discovering that truth. In fact, just this last week, I had a young woman, a beautiful young woman, send me a message and she was saying, you know, this past week in high, she's a senior in high school of high school has been so stressful. They were working on one of their biggest projects for the year. It was this big expo where they were supposed to come up with a business idea and present it and have a tangible product to display and all of these things. And it was all done in a group. And she just was talking about how stressful it had been. And, um, what was awesome about this is that she has seriously just barely grazed the tip of what we what I teach in the course she had just barely started to gain some understanding like I said just some awareness over the fact that her emotions are created by her 
thoughts and not the circumstances. And she messaged me and she just said, oh my goodness, this week has been so, um, so stressful. I've had so many opportunities to apply what you taught me. And she said, so many times during the week, I have found myself thinking, this isn't fair. You know, she's working in a group project and she's yeah. thought many, many times found herself thinking, this isn't fair. And she just said, and I was able to just stop myself. And before I went down that chain of thoughts and choose intentionally how I wanted to think about it. And she said, it just made all the difference in my, my week and the way I was able to enjoy that experience working with my group rather than, you know, the way she might've experienced it otherwise. So that was exciting to me because like I said, she just barely starting to graze the tip of what I teach. And so it was fun to see how just that simple awareness could make such an, have such an impact on her life. Yeah. And that's what I find that it doesn't have to be this big, deep, Thing that they, that you take from it actually if you can just get that from it that is huge it like, is huge it yeah. sounds but it sounds so like simple logical and yeah, simple. logical logical and simple like of course everyone knows that but the reality is is that we may don't. know that but we don't really know that and we don't really know how to apply it you know it takes practice and it takes so much more understanding to know how to apply it yeah, it's so interesting when you coach people and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I understand that. I get that our thoughts create mm -hmm. our feelings, you know, and then we plug a circumstance in. And, and it's like, no. Nope. And they're like, oh, they're like, no, no, that that thing made me no. feel that. No, it didn't. No, yeah. It's just when it's your real life stuff and it's your own stories and your own teenage drama, it just doesn't feel that way. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's really sure. a good point. So besides a missionary or pre-missionary taking your course, which they all should, um, <laughs> do you have any other advice to them? About, For missionaries? Yeah. Or um, even their parents. <laughs> well, to yeah. their parents, sign them up for yeah. the course. You know, the reason I should say that one of the biggest reasons why I really um, moved forward with this sort of goal, this idea I had was because I taught the course to a um, group of adults shortly after Bold Masters. I basically taught in essence this to adults. And one of the women in the course was, had recently returned from serving as a mission president's wife right? She and her husband were mission presidents. And, oh, she just encouraged me so much to do this. When I mentioned to her, I wanted to prepare something for missionaries. She was all over it because she had seen firsthand and close up the struggles that those missionaries go through and so many missionaries. And she knew firsthand. And she, and she, after learning these skills and tools, she said, she said, they're life-changing for me. And I really think that if this mission, the missionaries could understand this before heading out into the field, they'll just have such a leg up. They'll just be set up to, um, to work through those challenges, um, so much more quickly, you know, those mm -hmm. first few months of the mission. So anyway, she really supported me with that and I appreciated her. Um, I guess my best, my, my advice to a missionary headed out would be this, just embrace it all. Embrace the good and embrace the bad because you're never going to have another time like this in your life where you can spend so much time serving others and just improving upon yourself. And I think that if we can see the challenges as just an important and critical part of the mission and an opportunity for self-growth rather than just resisting the challenges and resisting the hard. For example, every missionary 
every missionary is going to be blessed with at least one companion that really drives them crazy. At least one companion they really, really struggle to get along with, right? Yeah. That has just habits that get under their skin or whatever it is. And what most missionaries do, I mean, some learn to love that companion through the course of serving with them, but what most missionaries do is they just learn to put up with them until the next transfer, and they just begin praying for transfers to come really quickly, and they sort of just endure through it. Mm. And the hash, so, I was going to say hashtag, <laughs> but not hashtag, sort of the tagline for my course that I have is that we're preparing missionaries not just to survive, but to thrive. And so I want missionaries, when they get that companion, to be like, sweet, this is the one. Like, <laughs> I, knew, I knew this was coming. I was expecting this. Yeah. I would love for those missionaries to say, this is the one. Awesome. I've, I've been expecting this. I knew this was coming. You know, I, this is the companion that I get to practice patience with. This is the companion where I get to practice owning my own emotions and not just mirroring whatever they're going through, whatever discouragement or pessimism or whatever they're struggling with. I get to own my emotions and create the experience I want for myself. And I get to learn to love this person even when I, I find it difficult to do. I mean, essentially, this is, the, this is the person who is going to give me the opportunity to be cut opportunity to become more Christ-like, right? It's easy to love someone when they see things, when, when we feel like we're a lot alike, or when it, they're easy to get along with and they see things our way. It's much more challenging to love someone when we feel like they're just a difficult person, right? And so I, I want missionaries to just go in embracing the heart and seeing it as an opportunity for growth. And, and not just that it's an important part, but it's an expected part of their missions. Yeah. And I'm just thinking of like the rest of their life, right? Like, um, what a lesson to learn, um, for marriage, for, I mean, the child, I mean, we have these children and they're perfect and we love them, but they don't, <laughs> we can also, they can feel like that companion sometimes maybe at yes. a stage or maybe they just have a different personality than us or, you know, or maybe our husband, like we liked you a little while ago, but now all the things I loved about you are all the things that bug me about you, you know, and yeah. so if you're getting that training ground on the mission and you can see it like that, like, Oh yeah. good. I'm in, um, get along with someone one oh one right? Yes. Or yes. whatever the number is and see yes. it as a classroom. Mm -hmm. Then wow, what a change, what a change yes. in perspective and what yeah. a gift. In fact, I, I sometimes tell them, I say, Hey, listen, listen, don't pass up that opportunity to learn how to get along with a difficult person. Like you're going to have a difficult boss someday. This is great yeah. practice. Or you're going to be the boss and have difficult employees. Or, you know, one of the, one of the things I teach is how to have a difficult conversation, you know, and I say, listen, I promise when you get that companion that you get really get really get to practice this with, take advantage of it. Your future wife is going to thank you for it, yeah. you know, or yeah. husband, wife yeah. or husband. But yeah, I just want them to see all of this as an opportunity for personal growth and that it doesn't take them by surprise. Like, yeah, I knew this was coming. I'm expecting this. And it's an important part of my growth on my mission. Yeah. And if they're focused on growth for the whole thing, like they don't see it as checking off baptisms or as going to try to even spread the gospel, but they're going as a personal growth. And that, yeah. that's why they're going. All the other things that happen are just like bonuses, cherries yeah. on top. I mean, I yeah. think that's so huge. 
Yeah, well, it really is. I mean, everyone who serves a mission will tell you that they're their number one convert. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're their number one convert and, and you gain more just like every time, anytime you serve someone, you gain more through the process of serving than anyone else does. Well, when it, when we're giving people the gospel, you know, that's debatable, I guess they are, you know, the gospel is is life changing in and of itself. I think that the experience for the missionary can also be equally as life changing if they just see all of those opportunities for growth as they serve and share the gospel. Yeah. And I think where it comes from, your intentions make a difference. I mean, we're taught that in the gospel, right? Like you can do all the outward things, but if your intentions aren't in the right spot, then not that it doesn't matter, but it's just not as effective for your growth. True. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. So, okay. Is there anything else that you would want to add? Did we cover everything that you wanted to talk about? Did I leave anything out? Maybe what I wish I had known when I served my mission that I share in this course. And I think as I thought about that, because, you know, I loved my mission. I mean, to be honest, it's, I know this is maybe sound a little crazy, but I literally, I never wanted to come home. I loved every moment of my mission. I, um, I think maybe it's a little different because I was a woman at 21, age 21, who chose to serve. And it maybe wasn't as much as, as much out of, you know, feeling like it was my duty or my responsibility. Yeah. For whatever reason, I never once bat an eye. Like I w- loved every minute and wanted to be there. But what was really challenging for me, like I mentioned before, was that we had such few fruits of our labors. And I wish I had understood the importance of setting behavioral goals along with results-driven goals. Because as I look back on it now, the biggest moments of discouragement for me on my mission were when it just felt like week in and week out and month in and month out, regardless of how hard I worked, regardless of how much faith I tried to have, regardless of how obedient I tried to be, we just did not reach those goals that we would send week in and week out. And as I look back, I realize now that every one of those goals that we set were results goals, results-based goals, which not a single one of the goals that we would set routinely every week was a goal that I had 100% control over. Every one of those goals were you know, dependent on people's agency and I didn't get to override people's agency. But because I wasn't setting behavioral goals that I did have 100% control over, it didn't ever feel like I could say, I did it. Like, I, I, you know, I, I 100% completed that goal. And so yeah. I think if I had understood that, it would have helped me to sort of feel that sense of like, hey, I'm doing my part. I commit to this and I do it, you know, whereas it felt like we would commit to these goals and have all this faith and work so hard and try to be so obedient and then never reach those goals. And I think that behavioral based goals that I could have said, yes, we committed to do this. Um, and we did it, you, you know, an example of a behavioral based yeah. goal. 
Sure. Like for example, one of the, one of the goals you set as a missionary every week is how many people you'll take to church with you. Right. And so maybe for example, in my mission, my numbers are probably going to sound really low to other people, but maybe in our mission, we would set a goal to have like two people in church with us on Sunday. Right. And that's a results-based goal. But what would have been nice for me is to realize that I should have set some behavioral-based goals. Like, you know, here, I'm going to, I'm going to guesstimate, guesstimate, what it might take to get those two people. And maybe it's, I'm going to write down that my goal is extending an invitation to church to 30 people this week. And then on Saturday evening, calling and trying to confirm, right, with the 10 most, um, uh, what's the word? Likely. Likely. Yes. The 10 most likely to show up, you know, and then that would have been a goal that I could have had complete control over. Yes. We contacted or called or invited at least 30 people to church. And on Saturday evening, we made at least 10 phone calls or stopped by 10 homes to, to, you know, to remind them. And then I could have felt great about reaching that goal, whether two people showed up on Sunday or not. Does that make sense? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So that I just feel like is important because there is so much pressure on missionaries to meet goals and we're doing such an important work and it's really difficult when you're like, but I know this is the Lord's work and I know I'm on the Lord's errand. And so if it's not happening, it must be me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's always about us. Yeah. (laughs) The answer to every question, it's always, uh, it always comes back to us, you know? Yeah. I must not be good enough or I must not be obedient enough or have enough faith. And so I think, I think that understanding about goals is what would have benefited me most in my mission. And I hope will benefit, well, I know will benefit a lot of missionaries understanding that. Okay. Well, I want to jump back to something you said earlier about, can you call them men? They're so young, but the young men. Young men. uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Calm boys, right? (laughs) But the young men feeling this duty, or even I would say it's more of a cultural thing. Like, Mm -hmm. do you see that as much? Do you think we're shifting away from that more now? I hope we're evolving away from that. And and do you address that with them? Like, are you here because you really want to be here, or are you just doing it because you think you're supposed to do it? Or, yeah, you know, I think we are. I think as a church, we're doing a, a better job of um, having those young people make that decision themselves. Okay. Um, but I think even then, it is one of the things I talk about and teach in the class the fact that, like you were saying earlier, when um, or obligation, they just do not look the same as if they're, you know, as if they're being driven by your own desire, right? Or love or enthusiasm or whatever. And so one of the things we do talk about in the course is that, you know, let's own this. You don't have to serve a mission. There is literally nobody, likely no one saying you serve or you're done. You know, you know, you, you, this is a choice you're making. And just like anything in life, when we own that, you know, this is my choice, you know, I don't have to volunteer at my kid's classroom or, you know, I don't have to cook dinner for my family tonight. We likely want to, but we don't tell ourselves that story. We tell ourselves that we have to, and then we go into it with sort of this dread and this resentment, right? Mm -hmm. And it's the same for a missionary when they own like, no, I want to. Now, what are some of the reasons why I want to? Obviously I want to, because I'm going and I've got a mission call, even though in the, you know, rather than thinking sort of in the back of their minds, like, well, I kind of have to, you know, so making that little shift in their brains to owning that, like, you want to now tell me why. 
Yeah. That is going to, that's going to help change. That will change the emotions that are then going to, you know, fuel their actions on their mission. Yeah. So like I said before, I didn't serve a mission, but I did teach early morning seminary for two years and I uh-huh. felt like that was awesome. my mission. Awesome. I but love you it. Know what? I had all these things that you're talking about. I had all the, the self-doubt, the um, results-based, the, like all the things you just talked about. I had the same thing going on with me. Uh-huh. I served two years and felt like I was a failure at the end of it. Because I didn't know all of this, right? Right. And so I even think that this can extend to just like a calling in the church. But, you know, I I just felt, you know, I just resonate with all that you're saying, even though I didn't serve a mission. But, and now I look back, I can rewrite the story I'm telling myself about it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Now you can rewrite the story. (laughs) I know, and I'm working on that. I'm working on rewriting it. Um. (laughs) But at the time, I just, I was so results-based, like expecting teenagers at six in the morning to like want to be there. Be enthusiastic and and raising their hands and (laughs) and not laying down and drooling on the table or being on their phones or, you know, I took all that personally. And um, I wish I'd had this back then, but again, we, we learned that we don't, we don't say that because it was part of my growth and, and all of that, but yeah, well, it's true. Absolutely. Everything that I teach in this course is just a life skill. I mean, yeah. we're applying it specifically to missionary work, but it is just awesome, empowering life skills that these kids are learning and it will serve them so well throughout their entire lives. And especially if they go into their missions with these skills and tools and thinking, okay, here, I'm going to have so many opportunities to practice and to apply them. Yeah. you know, and be that much better prepared for the rest of life, for marriage, for work, for all of it, for kids, for the whole show, right? Your seminary, early morning yes, seminary. Yes, early morning <laughs> seminary. <laughs> all right, Angie. Well, this was great. This is just what I was looking for. And I think your program is so um, needed and Thanks. perfect timing. And thank you. Doing, you're putting good out in the world. And um, so can you tell people where they would find you and how they would just, yeah, how they would find you and get connected and get on this course. Absolutely. Um, so I do have a podcast, Mindful Missionary, and that's a fun resource for maybe if you want to introduce the idea to your um, young adult or your teen, um, have them listen to a couple of podcast episodes that might help pique their interest. Okay. Um, and then the course is online at, at mindfulmissionary.com. All the information is there and they would just get registered and set up there and they can start at any point. Like I said, it's designed to be a six week course, but it can be moved through, you know, at a slower pace at a faster pace. And I totally want to offer any of your listeners that listen to, um, to this and are interested and have no of a preparing missionary, maybe uh, son or daughter of their own or someone that they know, first of all, this would make a gr- great Christmas present for yeah, a preparing missionary, for sure. <laughs> but, um, 50% off on the course. So oh, wow. they can just use the discount code believe with Becky. Wait, is it believe with Becky? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Believe with Becky to get 50% off of the course. If they okay. want to register their, their preparing missionary. That is so generous. So yeah, I hope that as many, as many people as possible will take advantage of it. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much, Angie. You're uh, welcome. For being on. And Thanks, Becky. It was so much fun to, to chat. Take right. care. Bye. Bye-bye. 
Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a beautiful week and I will catch you next time on the Believe with Becky podcast. Bye for now.